Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. If you can bring this mic just a little bit lower because everyone here knows that this Puerto Rican has some lungs on him. Amen. We we know that to be true because I didn't see anyone saying no, that's not true. Amen. God is good. Amen. And um, we've been unpacking a little bit of uh, the gifts that come down from God. And before I give my short message, amen, I I would like to go before the Lord um, in order for me to, amen, get a little bit more comfortable, you know, and also um, for him to um, just speak to our hearts and speak to me also as the messenger today. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say thank you for this privilege that you've given me. Nothing but grace and mercy. I ask that the words that I may say today, Father, may touch someone in this church today. May speak to my heart, Father. I ask that it may be pleasing unto you. For the glory and the honor is all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I might sound a little repetitious with repeating that verse, but I like the new New King James Version. It kind of gives me a little bit of of meat, Um, and I'm going to repeat it, um, and it's Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and he himself gave some to be apostles, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, which we will see a little bit later um, an example of, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. We know, and and I think that um, Pastor Dave, along with um, Luke and Pastor Tim, did an awesome job of teaching. Amen? As for me, I am more of an evangelist, so bear with me for my teaching skills. Amen? But I'm sure that God will speak to us accordingly. Now, um, David Silk um, was able to um, give us the definition of what are spiritual gifts. A supernatural ability or natural talent given by God to serve others under the direction of the Holy Spirit. You know, so a spiritual gift is something that is given to us by God. And last week, and I want to use this as a segue, um, Pastor Tim's message encouraged me to look a little bit at the gifts, right? And I mentioned that um, we get excited when we see gifts, right? We see gifts, there's different sizes, there's small ones, big ones, and, and, and different colorful on the outside, but we're more concerned what's in the inside. Um, I, I'm, I don't, am I the only one here that, that like gifts? Okay, all right. So we, we want to unpackage it. Um, if there's a party, uh, we want to hurry up and get to our gifts, but it's a little rude that in the middle of a party, right, you start opening up your gifts. But at the end, um, sometimes... Um, you know by looking, especially at Christmas time, by who gave you the gifts, you know if it's another tie. Okay, I heard one laugh. Okay. You know if it's another pair of socks. We know if it's a pair of pajamas. And let's keep it real, church. Sometimes we re-gifts those. We take those same gifts 
wrap them up and give them to someone else. All right. Am I the only one here or am I correct? All right. So um, they're, they're gifts, but, you know, we, we, we weigh it and we, we just we want to know what's in there. Because there might be something, and you know by, by the gift that if it has a lot of meaning, it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive, but there can be a lot of meaning behind the gifts because of the time someone took, where it came from, something that is um, significant to you, um, an old picture framed, right, can mean so much to you. So it's not about the, uh, about the cost, it's about you know, the meaning, the significance to you. But what we're talking about today is not about physical, tangible gifts. See, we get excited when we know when gifts comes from certain people. But the gifts that we're talking about these last several weeks is a gift that's given to us by Almighty God. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited that some of us are searching and want to know what God has in store for you. But it's up to us to unpack it. You, every person in this church today, everyone that is at the sound of my voice has received a gift. You might not know what it contains, but I'm sure that God has placed something in it that is a sign to you that you will love it, that you will appreciate it. And when you utilize it, it would be like a two-edged sword. It would make transformation not only in your life, but in the life of others. Hallelujah. A gift that had a very, very big price. It cost, it cost three nails and a cross. That is the cost of the gift that you've received. Because in Acts chapter 1, we clearly know that when, before he ascended, he told the, the disciples that were in the upper room, 120, go and wait for the Spirit. And that Spirit is what transformed those gifts into power. See, because some of us may have gifts, but those gifts with the anointing of God, things happen. Lives transform. Lives are saved. Those gifts are utilized to bring hope in a world that is hopeless. Hallelujah. You and I have the power and the authority and the unctions of God that is given to us. Hallelujah. Like a two-edged sword to save others and to influence the church and impact the church and make a difference so that as one unit, we can move forward from victory to victory. You know, we were outside last week and and, 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 and we always are complimented, amen, and, and Pastor Tim, the awesome message, and, and Pastor Tim is just so humble, you know, he say, then he looks over to me, but the way he closes. But I said, Pastor, do you know what? We're just a good team. We complement each other, and that's the gifts of the Spirit. Not one is greater than the other. It's that when you bring them together, it's like a well-oiled machine, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, evangelist is a person who seeks to convert others into Christian faith, especially by public preaching. Now, there is 
as we know, the office of evangelist. There's the office, that one that has the title evangelist. But we all have that responsibility. It's, it's, if it's your gift, it seems to be amplified. If it's your gift, you're called with that position to come and speak to others. Last week, I had the privilege to be speaking in a park in Norristown. Because I'm called in the office of evangelists. So we're going to use as a reference Philip in the scriptures. There's not much to be said about this outside of knowing how to um, bring forth the good news, how to speak. And necessarily you don't need to be a theologian to speak about Christ as we will see because we know that the word of God is powerful enough that, hallelujah, a few words can transform somebody's life forevermore. You know, I have a friend, and I'm sorry, um, um, I'm, I'm always out of the, um, my, my papers, amen, but God is good like that. Um, a friend of mine was evangelized by his, his daughter. She went to, a, she was in, in a Sunday school Bible study, children's Bible study. She came home and said, Dad... The Bible says that if you, don't, if you don't go to church, you're going to hell. Today he's a pastor because of those words. Sometimes we dig so deep, but we come up so short. And this is where, because you don't see the word evangelist, but only but in a few places. And I thought that um, to use as a reference, I would use Philip. And I'm going to um, tell you a little bit about um, how he does personal evangelism. Because there's personal evangelism. And then there is speaking to the crowds. But this is where you find that he's, he is in the, in, in the office. In the book of Acts 21.8, it says, leaving the next day. We reached, this is Paul and those that, that walked with him, reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist. What are some of the qualities of an evangelist? I'm sure there are many more, but I chose, um, and, and as I was reading, uh, a servant heart, full of the Spirit, and most of all, chosen. Once again, we're speaking about the office at this moment. We see how Stephen was chosen. When in the book of Acts chapter 6, um, there was a, a, a little um, miscommunication. that the, the Hellenist widows weren't being served. So an issue um, came about. See, by that time, there were thousands of followers. There were, um, it, it was in, in the feast of the um, um, Passover. Okay, 50, 50 days, that's what Pentecost, Pentecost means, right? We know that um, the first sermon from, from Peter, I believe, if I'm correct, 3,000 were saved. So the church, and, and it came every day they were added unto, unto that number. So the church or, 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 or the apostles were serving 
And there was a sect, a sect of Greek women that were not being served, Jewish women's. So they needed to do administration, and I think that we spoke about that a few weeks ago, Pastor David, um, Pastor David Silk, I would dare say that. <laughs> um, he said that we need, and he, he broke it down. I thought it was pretty awesome, how administration is important. And he used as an example the retreats and so forth, and, and wow, I didn't pay attention to, to how deep that went. That's pretty profound. And in this case, to feed thousands, you have to have good administration. So they chose seven. It says, Acts 6, 5. When they chose the seven, this is the response. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was chosen because he had those qualities. He had faith, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And also, they spoke Greek, and the seven that were chosen were also, if you look at the names, they were Greek names. So, chosen because he was full of faith and Holy Spirit. So, if you believe that God is calling you in this, these are two, and, I, and once again, we all should have this, but you have an overwhelming power, overwhelming sense, all right, of, of having faith and, and of the Spirit, meaning that the Spirit which we all receive when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior is leading you in that direction as they were chosen. Now, we also see that he was, he had a, um, what's the word? He was hospitable. Because in the first verse that I read earlier, Acts 21, 8, um, leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist. Another quality, hospitable. Someone that just generally loves people. Because I have to keep it real. I know some people, you, you can't really stay at their house. I, I go out of town sometimes and, you know, you, they just don't welcome you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is if you find yourself saying, hey, you know, come over my house. Stay with me. You're in town for the week. Come to church with me. We can pray together. We can, we can conversate a little bit. And you find yourself that every conversation at the dinner table winds up being what you're talking about is about what? About our Christ, Jesus. Amen? That's usually another quality that an evangelist has. You know, I had a, I had a friend that said, um, but see, he gives us wisdom. I have a friend, a friend he was a, a um, he was, um, oh, I might as well say it. He used to sell heroin in the streets. But we know that everyone needs to be saved. So I, he would come to my house, and, and, and he, the first thing he told me, he says, Ben, I don't want to talk about that church stuff. I said, fine. But he still came to my house to drink coffee. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of what? The coffee was the bait. He didn't even know it. He drank coffee. 
But by the time he went on to be the Lord, he was saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Spirit. That's the God that we serve. In Acts, and I won't read those verses for the sake of time. Acts 8, 26 through 40. You will find Philip witnessing to an Ethiopian eunuch. The passage, where it starts, strongly emphasizing the Spirit's leading. Evangelists are led by the Spirit. Evangelists are led by the Spirit. One night, well, I was passing through one of the notorious corners of Norfolk. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you my resume. I'm giving glory to God whenever I testify. I want to get that straight. One night I was, I mean, because we have enough writings in the scriptures of men that did awesome things. Amen? So he's the same God today and forevermore. Amen? Amen. So the Lord, I passed by one of these notorious uh, drug corners in, in North Philadelphia, and, and I feel a tugging in my heart, as Pastor Tim says, to preach in this corner. I said, mm, I don't know about all that. You got to show me this is you, Lord. So I left it at that. I would go past it again, going to work, and the same feeling. One night, I had a dream. I had a dream that a friend of mine called Lefty, the Bible says if you need a friend, you must first show yourself to be friendly. So no matter what condition people are in, you're to befriend them. Amen? That's the first avenue in bringing people without hope into the kingdom. He was, he was on heroin for, for many, many years. And I seen him in a dream. It was just a vision. I would see him fall. And then I would see him reach up, like, help me. And I seen that for about three times in that same corner that I was being tugged to preach at. So, wherever the Spirit leads us, we know that he, we have his backing. Amen? I called some preachers and pastors. Listen, I need your help. Let's go to... And all of them, eventually, years later, said... Um, we thought you were crazy going to that corner. We weren't going there with you. And that's because they weren't called to it. Well, Lefty went on to be the, in the, with the Lord. I did his ceremony. He also went to be with the Lord, saved, sanctified, delivered. Amen. Because that's what God does. He wants to use us for his glory, for his honors. To bring others to the feet of the cross. So, in this case, the Spirit of God led Philip to the desert. He told them to go near. Let me read that verse really quick. Now... An angel of the Lord said to Philip, and this is um, personal evangelism. This is one-on-one. Because, you know, as believers, sometimes, 
I mean, in this case, by the time their conversation was over, um, the uh, eunuch, he was saved. He was baptized also. He believed at the end. That was just in one trip. But sometimes we have to go 12 rounds. It didn't take one cup of coffee for my friend to be saved. It took a couple cups of coffee. As a matter of fact, I should have put him on my taxes. So much coffee he drank. Sometimes we want a knockout round. We want to see people save that same round. But personal evangelism, which is all of our responsibility, sometimes it takes a while for us to speak to some folks and for them to believe. But as long as we have their attention, amen, the word of God doesn't come back what? It takes effect when? Then. The word, right? Faith comes by hearing. Now, this is Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord said, said to Philip, go south to the road desert that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all treasury of the Candate. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah, prophet. Isaiah the prophet, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near him. He was reading Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, prophetic word from Isaiah. We can see the fulfillment in the book of Luke chapter 23. So being led by the spirit. So God led him by to a chariot in the desert, to go by someone that was reading the scriptures that did not know what he was reading because Philip asked him, do you know what you read? He says, no, for I have no one to, to, to teach me. So evangelists should be able to clearly be able to teach the life of Jesus. So he was able to tell him about Jesus. And eventually, the question was asked, what, what stands be, before you in order for you not to be baptized? And they came to the waters, and he was baptized. And then Philip went on preaching in other towns near Jerusalem uh, until he reached Caesarea. But then in the book of Acts 8.12, we see where, and let's read it, he preaches to crowds. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. So we see where he is personal evangelism. And you can read on in, in the book of Acts where he goes to, to, to different locations to speak to crowds. So we see the individual and then we see the multitude. So if you believe you have that gift, God will use you and will open up doors for you not only to speak to a person, multiple persons, and multitude of, of, of persons. Amen? Mark 16.9, and I, I thought I, I would throw this in there um, as an added blessing um, b- 
because um, it just touched me when, when, I, when I read it again. Um, Mark chapter 16, verse 9. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week when he resurrected, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those that had been with him and who were, who were mourning and weeping. She told them. She told those that were mourning and weeping of the death of Jesus Christ that he had risen. That is hope. We're called to tell others that are mourning and weeping that Jesus is the light of salvation. Jesus is the one that when we present him in, in a dim world, he can brighten up someone's life with hope. Further on down, the 15th verse and 16th verse, he said to them. Okay? They didn't believe her uh, when you go to, 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 um, through those verses. But you see in 15, Jesus himself said to them, and I believe he's telling us today, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What is the world? It doesn't mean that you have to go all over the place. The world is here. How many different nationalities we probably have here in one, in one building? The world is right here. Our neighbors are the world. Go tell them. About the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. There's a... Well-known evangelist, and I think everyone knows Billy Graham. I, I took a couple outsurps of, of his uh, biography. Uh, it says, William Franklin Graham Jr. November was born November 7th, 1918. Recently passed, went on to be with the Lord February 21st. Was an American evangelist a prominent evangelical Christian figure, an ordained Southern Baptist minister who became well-known internationally in the late 1940s. One of his biographers has placed him among the most influential Christian leaders of the 20th century. As a preacher, he held large indoor and outdoor rallies with sermon broadcasts on radio and television. Graham was a spiritual advisor to U.S. Presidents and provi provided spiritual counsel for every president from the 33rd Harry S. Truman to the 44th Barack Obama. He was particularly close to Dwight Eisenhower and so on and so on. But this is, this is what blew me away. According to his staff, more than 3.2 million people have responded to the invitation of Billy Graham in his crusades to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. That's a lot of lives that were saved. But the Bible tells us in the book of John, if only one comes to the Lord, there's a feast in heaven. Amen.
Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the good news, who proclaim the pre peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaims salvation. How beautiful he calls him. It's true and dear to him. 2 Timothy 4, 5. And this is for all of us. But you keep... Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship to do the work, and once again, do the work of an evangelist. Discharge, carry out fully all the duties of your ministry. And as we know, Luke 10, we see the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord. Therefore, to send workers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful. In other words, there are people, men and women, that are waiting for you and I to give them the good news. They're ready to receive Jesus Christ. But like the Ethiopian said, how can I learn? It took someone, an evangelist, a teacher to come by his side to teach him about the good news. Isaiah, if I'm correct, is the seventh chapter. In a vision, the question God gave that he's seen in a vision, who shall I send? I think that all of us should answer what Isaiah said. He said, Send me, Lord. I will go. Let's go and save some souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you saying thank you this morning.